0: Welcome back to Season 2 of That's So Second Millennium, the Catholic Science Podcast, where we look forward to the new synthesis in the new millennium between faith, philosophy, and science. Welcome back to the That's So Second Millennium Podcast. We follow up last week's episode, our interview with Jonathan Lunine, with a similar episode where we interview fellow board member Karen Oberg. Karen Oberg is a young, she's younger than me, Uh, she's in her late 30s a very successful planetary scientist, astrophysicist at Harvard. So she is one of the young bright lights in the field, both. And she's in in that field and uh, also probably fair to say in the society of Catholic scientists. Um, She's got, she does interesting science. She also has an intriguing life story. And that's really what this episode is mostly about. We talk about her science a little bit, but for the most part, we are talking about her own journey through life and, As her journey through academia interfaced with her journey toward and into faith and the intellectual environments of the modern secular university where she's been to very successful places like Harvard and Caltech and the University of Leiden and the Netherlands, also extremely famous secular university, or at least partly that way, certainly where she was studying. So with all of that, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, cut back to the interview. This is, of course, uh, one of the still one of the interviews we were uh, recording at the Society of Catholic Scientists conference, as <laughs> you alluded at the beginning. This was the very last one that I did on Friday. We were a little punchy, um, but uh, you know, hopefully, it's all in good fun, and you'll enjoy that aspect of it too. This is the That's the Second Millennium podcast, and we are really privileged to be talking to Karen Oberg at Harvard. Yes. Gosh, I'm sorry, I'm talking to so many people today. Like, it's like, yes, Utah, St. Francis, no, St. Vincent, see? <laughs> yeah. It's already mm-hmm. gone. and mm, But Karen Hoburg, uh at Harvard, you know, Harvard, that Harvard. So, uh, Named after St. Harvard. St. Harvard, right, yeah. like, exactly. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> it's one of the things that can't happen to you when you're a Protestant. Is you can't you can't become Saint Harvard. That's uh, one of the, one of the drawbacks. So um, yeah. So uh, she's a very successful uh, planetary scientist, astrophysicist. One of the things I'm actually going to ask you about is I am a geologist and a planetary scientist. So. I didn't know you could call that astrophysics, so we'll, we'll hopefully talk about that, unpack that a little bit uh, just for my own you know, benefit, and hopefully someone else is uh, interested in listening to it as well. But uh, just try to clarify, clarify the boundaries of the fields in a good Aristotelian sense, as well as uh, talking about some of your experiences uh, being a, a scientist of faith and, and, in fact, a Catholic convert and so forth. So uh, we'll try to work in a little both of those. And Bill is here as our... Uh, our emissary I mean, from leapers, the world of the common man. Yes. Right. He, Bill is here to ask the obvious questions that I forget to ask, which I've been doing <laughs> quite a bit today. So it's been a very good thing oh, that Bill has been oh, here. Those so. are
1: often the hardest. So yeah.
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an investigative journalist. Don't worry. So, I'm not one of those yeah. 60 minutes type. So. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Where were you? I, yeah,
0: exactly. No. Um, so as I understand it, your research focus is the chemistry and physics of planet formation. Um, and that you use both lab and theoretical data uh, to relate what we see through telescopes to what could be possibly happening in planet systems where planet formation is happening. And then, of course, we can use that to talk about our own system and what might have happened in the past.
1: Yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's absolutely right. And I, I think uh, uh, one of the things that really happened in the past few years is that we actually can observe these uh, out as out they are yeah. as they're forming, so we actually have eyes on uh, on them mm-hmm. now. We don't yeah. have to rely on theory in the same right. way as we had in the past, and that's been lots of fun to be mm-hmm. part of. So yeah, that's, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, It's, it's an it's exciting time to be in. I mean, it'll probably continue to be an exciting time. We'll find new things, but yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's take a step and talk about your own sort of personal history. So I was just I was just looking at your you know your academic history. So you got your bachelor's degree at Caltech. You're from Sweden. Your bachelor's degree in Caltech. Your PhD from the University of Leiden, Leiden, and then yeah. the Netherlands. That's right. So there's some you know transatlantic stuff going on there.
1: Broke my par- parents' heart when I first went back to Europe and then left again. And then which... left. Again. Oh. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So they still live in Sweden. They do Sweden and Finland. They okay. do Some commuting. Okay. Okay. So do they? Uh, is it is it the therefore eastern part of Sweden?
1: Uh, it is uh, so. I grew up in sort of the southeast uh, South. of Sweden in yeah. a small town, and my parents still have their their house there. But mm-hmm. my father works for the EU, so he okay. he is uh, mm-hmm. based in in Helsinki or okay. Helsingfosch, for any Swedes are listening. Okay. And uh, uh,
0: yeah.
1: uh, so so they do have to do some commuting.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How long? I mean, that, like flying? I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like gonna be a dreadfully long flight, like an hour and a half or something.
2: Something yeah. like that. Something
0: um so what so what brought you to caltech in the first place i i kind of have to ask that
1: yeah so speaking of my father <laughs> uh yes yeah, so, as so i grew up in this small small town mm-hmm. uh in sweden pretty far from the sort of center of things even sure. even in sweden
0: and uh, i had a in stockholm is it two million people
1: a little bit less. A little less. Uh, okay. But the town I grew up in was more like 40,000. So, okay. the talents, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. it's a it's normal, small, small town uh, mm-hmm. size. And I uh, guess I didn't feel perfectly at home ever mm-hmm. there, even though it is actually a very beautiful, uh, yeah. beautiful town.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, I started looking around for places mm-hmm. to go to. And I was good at science and yeah. math. I had definitely had a talent, especially for chemistry. Yeah. and um, I was thinking of becoming an engineer uh, okay it's very yeah. common in Sweden that if you are interested in science even Go if you into. eventually do pure science you do your basic education in engineering
2: okay
1: okay uh, so I was I was gonna do engineering and mm-hmm. I had heard of that school MIT uh, yeah, so there that is. was yes. uh, yeah. uh, so I was and also at, you know as a teenager in this small town uh, the Atlantic seemed like a good. Good distance to put between me and that small thing. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, so I was going to apply to this MIT. Sounds like people
0: in the town where I went to high school.
1: <laughs> so, so I was going to apply to MIT, and I, I did end up doing it as well. Mm. Uh, they rejected me, uh, uh, but at the same time as I was thinking about this, uh, Caltech made it to the number one on Times list that year. I was
0: going to say, I mean, like you. MIT didn't accept yeah. you, so you had to settle for Caltech, so, right? Yeah. You know? So my
1: father saw that. I did uh-huh. not
0: know about okay. Okay.
1: U.S. college rankings. Sure. Um, my father saw that. I mean, he, he's a scientist. He knew yeah. about Caltech before, so... Yeah. No, he brought brought up Caltech as a possibility and Uh told me in a very encouraging way that there's no way you can ever get admitted there. So, (laughs) so of course, I I had to, of course, then I spent the next two years of my life Uh uh, working towards getting admitted Uh there. Uh Uh, So, I made sure to do uh, some of the right things that uh, they would find interesting and uh, part of the chemistry Olympiad and things like that. Okay, okay. And so I did end up applying. I applied to three schools, uh, Chalmers, which is an excellent engineering institute in Sweden, okay. MIT and Caltech. And okay. as I said, MIT rejected me. Uh-huh. Uh, luckily Caltech did not. Right. So yeah. I did yeah. end up at Caltech, which yes. was my first yes. choice. Uh,
0: yes. yes. And, and, uh, and whoever, whoever in Caltech decided to accept, uh, Karen Oberg, or what, would, what was your, was that your name at that? You kept your name. I have. Yeah. It's easier to do in science, isn't it?
1: Well, it's um, it's difficult to change it once you have started started publishing. Yeah. Because you become yeah. associated like your yeah. papers become associated yeah. with yeah. your last name. Yeah. So I just got married actually less than two years ago. So I was yeah. one oh, into gosh. my you got, got a
0: fair publishing into
1: my
2: career, career that before, yeah. Yeah, before be, that that. Be, yeah.
0: That would be a pain. That would be a pain. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. yeah.
0: So yes. So whoever decided to accept Karen Oberg. Pat yourself on the back. You did well. <laughs> so yeah, okay. And so you so you spent four years there and, and got a degree in in chemistry. In or? chemistry, okay.
1: Yeah, I had a bit of an existential crisis there because I was interested in sort of the it. the big questions, and our big origins questions, and yeah. I thought they were all physics ones. Mm-hmm. So I actually tried to do both physics and chemistry, but yeah. quickly realized that my talents or not in physics particularly, okay. but much
2: more, mm-hmm. more in chemistry. chemistry.
1: Okay. But then I got—I uh, found out during my, I think even during my freshman year, during the second uh, second quarter of my freshman year, uh, that there was something called astrochemistry. Um, mm-hmm. So I could yes. actually get into astronomy sort of through the back door yeah. using That's my right. my chemistry skills. Right. Yes. So I started pursuing astrochemistry research mm-hmm. uh, very early on. Okay. At uh-huh. Caltech and yeah. uh, sort of got, got on that track and yeah. haven't looked back. There, there you was, go. Few... That's worked
0: out. Seems to have worked out very well. And so you went back to Europe, you got your PhD at the end... Where were you considering uh, doing your doctorate?
1: Um, I only applied to Leiden.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: And there was uh, a specific... the reason for was that. There, was, was there someone you specifically wanted a, to work with? It's a center there? for astrochemistry yeah. and uh, yeah. my PhD advisor, Evine van de Soek, is. Is the work leader in yeah. astrochemistry, and I wanted to work with her. Yeah, so that was. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, she wanted and to work with me. She so.
0: likewise made a wise choice, and yeah, there you go, there you go. It's, so. it's all worked out. And then you came back to the U.S. to work um, at was it at Harvard so. or was it the Smithsonian?
1: Uh, so the Harvard, college observatory, which is the Harvard Astronomy Department, mm-hmm. uh, together with the Smithsonian uh, mm-hmm. Astrophysical Observatory, together make up the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. Sure. So yeah. that that is where I did my
0: postdoctoral okay. uh, work. Where did you sp- physically spend most of your time in DC or at Harvard?
1: So the center is in Harvard, as it's at Harvard. As, as at okay. Harvard. It is in Cambridge. Uh, it in is Cambridge. a Harvard building. Sure. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, so the I guess Smithsonian is best known for the big museums uh, yeah. in DC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this, uh, they have this outpost
0: in yes. Cambridge, which yeah. is the,
1: yeah. the astrophysics part. And of they have also. other okay. outposts too. Yeah. That just, you
0: know, I I think of I think of the one in DC where I went to borrow of a, piece of, a <laughs> few pieces of Mars to do some my own yeah. research once upon a time. And that was yeah. But that's a it's a big it's a big institution. Yeah. So so you spend a little while there, a little bit at the University of Virginia. That's right. And now you're on the faculty at Harvard. That's it's right. It's sort of, <laughs> it's hard to get higher on the photo than that.
1: It's been wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it really has. It's been, uh, it's been very smooth. And um, at the time when things were happening, it just felt, you know, that like mm-hmm. I was lucky in some sense. It's, I. Didn't feel like I had to struggle very much to sort of climb up the the ladder mm-hmm. that you're you're trying to climb up. Yeah. Uh, looking back, what I realized sort of after the fact is that I had several amazing mentors, like powerful mentors, sort of yeah. cleared the, the the path for yeah. me, and th- yeah. that's actually been very inspirational. Like yeah. Seeing it from the other other yeah. side, just yeah. to,
2: because yeah, you how, are now in a the position health- to be doing that work exactly. for so, other people. Yeah.
1: So I've had I've had a really good and really easy time in yeah. academia making these different steps. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not everyone's experience, <laughs> but that's. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a human endeavor, and there's there's that whole side of yep. it that we don't really you know necessarily appreciate outside. You know, when you're outside of academia, you know, oh, this is this is how the sausage gets made in some ways, but in other ways, it's you know it's about these relationships and.
2: It, it is how
0: you're. You know, it's like you have your my, my advisor and my grand advisor, and you know, realizing I'm kind of a part of this chain of people.
1: Yeah, and it is. It is. Those relationships are so important because I think it's difficult to know what the potential of yourself is, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, like from the inside when yeah. you uh, when you're a junior. You kind of need that senior person who has seen many junior people yeah. like before at the yeah. same level to see that. Uh, but that's someone with potential that I believe in, and they're going to put my name sort of behind them yeah. for, while they need it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. uh, and it, was, it was a beautiful experience to be the object of right. uh, that kind of yeah. trust. Yeah. And then to turn um, around and, then and try to, to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how, So on sort the sort of spiritual side of your journey, yeah. what the, how has how that gone?
1: Yeah, so I was baptized into the Swedish uh, church, which mm-hmm. is the Lutheran yeah. uh, church. Yeah. Uh, I was confirmed yeah. in the church, and around the same time as I was confirmed, which was obviously my decision, um,
2: yeah.
1: I drifted away from yeah. uh, Christianity. Uh, so I would say by the age of, sort of 14, 15, I don't know if I knew the word, but I would, I would have been an agnostic. Yeah, And was so for about another Eight years, so yeah. going through high school, going through uh,
2: through college. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, um, what made, never made me cross over the line into atheism. There were two, I would say, very strongly held beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, one that uh, uh, morals are real, so yeah, moral moral realism, and the second that I am an agent who makes free the. De- decisions yeah um, and i had read enough philosophy or i had enough i would say, rational understanding to know that those are difficult yeah. to mix with a purely materialistic uh word Maybe. so i, I mean <laughs> yeah. they are yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people make attempts and uh, yeah. but i could not find any satisfactory way to, yeah. to combine those so i was never really tempted by atheism um, but I definitely did not have any belief in a Christian God. At yeah. best, some sort of philosopher's God kind of understanding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what I went went into college, and that's where I continued to be in college. But what mm-hmm. did happen in college was, I think, a lot of priming, in mm-hmm. that uh, for the first time I had Christian friends, okay. and these are obviously smart people. Uh, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At Caltech. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, so even if we never talked about God, just knowing their existence, I think actually did yeah. sort of keep it a living question whether to yeah. think more about Christianity or not. Yeah. Uh, so I would almost equally blame that and that the first book that I read and also fell in love with was Tolkien's Lord uh, okay. of the Rings, ah, and I read yeah. it sort of ten or fifteen times oh, uh, okay. you over. Too. My... <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> so I think those. So I think I was. uh Strongly primed, as so I had these sort of convictions, which I think also come from my family on the on the mm-hmm. moral side. Okay. I had, yeah. you know, this love uh, in some sense very Catholic uh, mm-hmm. love of adventure, and yeah. the the, ca- the Catholic worldview made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then I started having Christian friends. Mm-hmm. So I left uh, college, though still an agnostic, but I got a gift um, that was uh, the screw type letters so, yeah. uh, from from a friend.
2: There you go. Um, I
1: read it. I enjoyed it. I I thought it made there was a lot of things that they were convicting in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So next, so then I ordered myself uh, the Abolition of Man, which was a really important book because it actually had exactly the same kind of dilemmas in some sense that I had. It was just you know C.S. Lewis, so he will explain them much more and more intelligent Uh, than I had so crystallized them in C.S. Lewis
0: had a Rare gift.
1: He did. Yeah. He did. So, so I really enjoyed that one, and uh, therefore I went ahead and ordered Mere Christianity. Which I would say is a very dangerous book to, to read
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if yes. you are
1: already yeah. primed to yeah. Yeah. Sort of yeah. enter into the yeah. Christian yeah. If you, uh If you have you. the
0: slightest pre, pre-inclination to Exactly. It, yeah. And
1: uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure the spirit was, was with me as I was reading that book, because yeah. uh, it went from sort of a slight inclination to about halfway through, yeah. I was, was a fully believing Christian and... Yeah. By the time that I sort of put down the book, though I mm. had actually put down the book multiple times and just been walking around my apartment while I was reading it, yeah. said, yeah. both a very intellectual and uh, emotional conversion yeah. at the Was this time. still a Caltech uh, or was this in... Uh, so this, I had just moved Leiden. to Leiden. Leiden. Uh, yeah. And uh, being a rational person, mm. when I had finished the book, I googled English-speaking churches, <laughs> <laughs> and I found the Anglican okay. church in The Hague. So I became an Anglican uh, okay. for the next uh, three and a half years. Okay. So that okay. was, uh, I would say, the big conversion moment. uh was yeah. reading really near Christianity.
2: Okay. okay.
1: But then within within about a year, uh, my brother, who is still an agnostic, uh, he thought if I was going to do this whole Christian thing, it didn't seem to be going away. So my my family is uh, is not practicing in any in any yeah. sense. Um. I should do it right, so he got the <laughs> orthodoxy by, by oh, Chesterton.
0: Oh, speaking of dangerous <laughs> books, yes,
1: and and yeah. that was a it was a it's a wonderful read. It's a book I've returned to many times, but it was it was yeah. a very different kind of experience. I mean, reading near Christianity, it was like my whole way of seeing the words changed. I would say yeah. you know 180 degrees. It was. Yeah. A, a very That was the biggest big inflection point in a sense. Uh reading orthodoxy was more a realisation, okay, this is what I believe. This is how I see the word. It was yeah. it didn't feel like it was actually changing me that much, but I'm sure it did to some degree, but more just articulating what exactly. I already yeah. believed, again in a you know incredibly more funny and intelligent way than I could have done myself. But, yeah. uh, Chesterton
0: had a different rare <laughs> <gift>. <laughs> different. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah. So... Yes, so I became I got them to the road towards Catholicism reading orthodoxy and then reading everything else that Chesterton
2: had really had yes written.
0: yes it's it, it happens yeah this um, that man was responsible for introducing me to Chesterton oh, I did really? not yeah. I did not I had never read any Chesterton yeah no, so I think I read those in the opposite order I think I read orthodoxy and the everlasting man before I read Miraculous Christianity
1: yeah, yeah no it's uh, he, he's he's wonderful and uh, his sense of the word matches very much my own when it comes to this sort of adventurous mm-hmm. sense of looking looking yeah. out uh, on the world. Yeah. So, so that was a that was a wonderful book uh, to read. I said it articulated, I think, what I already felt and believed, mm-hmm. and it got me thinking, of course, yeah. uh, about converting. But I was happy in the Anglican Church I was in. It was a very good priest, you know, yeah. the, the kind of priest you imagine. C.S. Lewis would have yeah. had. So, I mean, yeah. it was this uh-huh. funny, you know, passionate Cambridge-born and bred Anglican yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. priest. Yeah. Yeah. The best yeah. they
0: have to offer.
1: Who, who I think was living in exile because he was very pro-life. But oh, okay.
0: So. Yeah. Although well, <laughs> <So, laughs> so it's hard to think they fled to the Netherlands. Okay. But, but he could be <laughs> under the radar there.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. So he he was he was great. So I felt very very happy there. Uh, but and also I didn't know any Catholics. Um, right. You know, Sweden a, is not really Catholic barrier. friendly. Yeah. So I was in no hurry to yeah. act on on yeah. it. Even it felt like I was sort of I was marching, you know, yeah. steadily yeah. towards it. Uh, when I came back to the US, so back to to Harvard Cambridge, I started going to the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, Th- that was actually what pushed me into, into Catholic right. Church. Yeah. Uh, right. People were super nice. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about right. either the Episcopal priests or yeah. uh, the congregation. Uh, but what struck me very strong, strongly was there was um, a disconnect between what was being said and sort of the liturgy and what was being believed. That right. there were many things that was said almost with a wink. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think um, I have an obsession with the truth, sometimes a slightly unhealthy one. It- Anyone who has been social with me can attest to that I have problems with letting go of inaccurate statements, but this has caused such a dissonance for me that it was yeah. going to...
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, when I went to the Anglican Church in The Hague, the priest clearly believed what he was preaching, yeah. and when he said the Creed, when he read the Psalms, mm-hmm. he believed what he was mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. That was not always obvious. Uh, in in the Episcopal Church. Uh, So, I went to Mass at St. Paul's, which is the local parish in in Cambridge, um, and felt an incredible sense of homecoming, so Mm, a couple of weeks later, still not knowing any Catholics, um, I went to the priest and asked how you covered. Right. At the time, they had a two-year RCIA program. Ooh. Worst idea ever, but right? I persevered.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> wow. Especially um, when you're a postdoc. Like, I, I'm on the clock here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I did o- officially convert um, a few months before moving to Virginia.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But what happened,
1: which was really beautiful, is that I started this not knowing any Catholics, but, but halfway through... One of my best friends from college who had grown up Catholic but left the church. Yeah. She also came back. So we sort mm-hmm. of got to re-enter together. So I actually did then enter into the church with, with just one friend. That's, right. nice. uh, That's uh, cool. Which yeah. was very good because I think everyone else that was important to me in my life then yeah. strongly opposed it, um, yeah, both, yeah. both family and friends. So having... Having the one uh, was definitely think, yeah. definitely yeah. helped. I mean, I would have done it anyway at that point, but yeah. it made it a more joyful uh, experience
0: considerably. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah.
1: And wow. now my family uh, is fine with it. Yeah. So yeah. there's
0: no yeah. No They've made
1: their peace
2: with it at the very least. Mean,
1: well, a little bit more than that, I would even say they they yeah. lived in Italy for a while. Okay. And, uh, okay. They,
2: a little more of appreciation. Yeah, for they it. Have,
1: yeah. They have a. They have a. I think they have a, a strong appreciation at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, about the Catholic Church, even though they're not in any way feeling drawn into yeah. converting yeah.
2: themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was some of the opposition that you experienced uh, uh, from your uh, science colleagues? Uh, no. No? But, uh, maybe it wasn't even something that you talked about with them, but uh, I didn't
1: I, I I did not talk about becoming Catholic with my colleagues, yeah. but I was wearing a cross publicly yeah. at the time, so they knew I was Christian. Yeah. Um, once I became Catholic, I ch- exchanged it for a crucifix, which I wore for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm back to wearing a cross, mostly because my husband gave it to me. So oh, there, there's no, there's enough. there's no <laughs> there's no that hidden sounds. message yeah. uh, there, yeah. but I, I did wear uh, a crucifix for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have never had any negative experience whatsoever from any of my colleagues, either yeah. at Virginia or Harvard. On the yeah. contrary, mostly yeah. actually some some very good conversations, a lot of support,
2: Yeah, a lot yeah.
1: of support I'm doing, but yeah. I'm here for this weekend. So the Society of Catholic Scientists, they're yeah. very happy yeah. that I am uh, helping organizing that. They yeah. appreciate that that is what I do for outreach is... Yeah. Uh, Uh, helping the dialogue between science and uh, religion religion, and uh, Mm -hmm. the like that I can mentor our uh, religious students not just actually the Catholic ones but also yeah. some Protestant Christian and, yeah. um, and Muslim Jewish students since they don't have that many other options so right. Right. some of them come to me
0: right
2: uh,
1: Yeah. am yeah.
0: yeah. happy to find anybody with faith uh, Faith. Uh, life yeah. who appreciates that perspective yeah, yeah.
2: So,
1: so I've had when I said I had a good experience at Harvard this is definitely part of it that mm-hmm. I have only had support, and this was a very positive experience, and I'm very open about being Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. A, yeah.
2: That does run counter to a lot of people's stereotypes about her.
1: It does. Wow. I think there is a narrative that, I mean, I don't in no way want to minimize the obstacles that other scientists who are of faith have run into at different places. I mean, these stories are real, they exist, I think, especially in biology, where there is some. There's some yeah. real. They're uh, having that conversation. Battle ...battlegrounds. yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. And uh, you know, there is some very brave people out there, like you know, fight and good fight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I also want to make sure that my narrative is out there, which uh, whether it's been with astronomy colleagues or colleagues in other departments or deans or administrators, mm-hmm. I said I've only had uh, a positive experience. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is surely that my research does not touch upon any controversial subjects so we don't have to uh, talk right about indeed. the controversial subjects we can right. stay on you know, a positive right. isn't it good that your students have someone to you know, go and talk to right. kind right. of yeah. Yeah, exactly. or right. that I'm helping Catholic high school students to know that they can do science uh, right. even right. if they are yeah. you know, right. and still stay faithful uh, right. yeah. and uh,
2: yeah. so, so I think that's
1: part of it but I think also this uh, culture of tolerance actually helps when you are in a minority, and we're right. uh, definitely minorities.
0: minority. Right. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's true. Well, we have gone all the way to 628. Oh my. Unfortunately. Um, I'll have to stick a peg. In. I, I hope we can get you on at some other point, maybe over over remote connection sometime. I'd be happy to. Yeah. That'd be that'd be really mm-hmm. nice, you know, to talk. Maybe talk a little about bit the more science. Shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd no, be no, little, no. that'd be enjoyable. Yeah, we do
1: really cool science too. <laughs> yes,
0: we do really cool science too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I get to talk to you a little bit about that this evening. Yep. uh, uh I mean, like I said, that is that is an interest of mine as well. It's a prof- actually a professional interest of mine too. So, but this, all right, this also is a very powerful testimony. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it's uh, a great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you, and, you and Jonathan Lunine have you know just just both of those conversations were just fascinating. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I think it's important that junior people know and the students know that. It's they don't need to be, I think, as scared as they're sometimes told, or like right. as anxious about yeah. living out their faith. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sometimes there will be hard times, and you know yeah. the crosses will be there. But I think the normal state mm. for most practicing Catholics is actually that being open about your faith have very few negative consequences uh, yeah. and can have a lot of very meaningful and like wow. deeply positive consequences. And I definitely fall in the second
2: category. Yeah. Well, that's marvelous. Yeah. Nice. That is marvelous. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it for now. We really All appreciate right. you making the time. Thank you very oh, much.
1: So. Thank you for having oh, me.
0: And you yeah. were very eloquent. <laughs> there, there, there oh, no, yeah. so that I, <laughs> that I tell is Oh, no.
1: There <laughs> were quite a few, sort of, in there.
0: <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. You can email a link to this episode at thatsosecondmillennium.net share the post for this episode from our Facebook page or you can use your podcast app's built-in sharing feature.